Welcome into another episode of Behind the Catch Fence. I'm your host, David Hoffman, coming to you live from the Man Cave in Biglerville, Pennsylvania. Man, I made that sound way cooler than Biglerville actually is. <laughs> but uh, it is officially episode 7 of Behind the Catch Fence. It is good to be back after a week off, uh, July 4th weekend. I hope everybody's uh, July 4th was great and, you know, very patriotic. But before I begin, I'd like to give a quick shout out to No Copyright Music on YouTube. They're the ones creating the music that I'm playing. It's obviously no copyright music, so it's free. I'd like to thank you guys for that. With me being a broke college student, I'm grateful for you guys. Go subscribe to them. No copyright music. On today's episode, it's going to be a little different. Uh, it's a awards day here at Behind the Catch Fence. So we're going to hand out some winners and losers of the entire season so far, or since we're officially halfway through the season. Uh, we'll obviously go over some uh, IndyCar news going on. We'll give some mid-season awards out. Most Improved Driver, the Iron Gonad Award, and Best Race. And then there's also the Mid-Season Dump Awards. Yep, we have to have the downside of the show. Uh, who has been the biggest disappointment so far this season? Biggest embarrassment of the entire season? And biggest heartbreak? So... This will be a very fun episode, and with that, let's get right into it with some IndyCar news. Sage Karam announced this past week that he will drive for Carlin Racing in the number 31 Smart Stop self-storage Chevrolet at Toronto this upcoming weekend, and it'll be his first non-Indianapolis 500 race since 2015. It's great to see Sage Karam back in an IndyCar on a non-oval, because I really, I still feel like Sage Karam has a boatload of talent. And, it, you know, he just needs a couple good rides and just a couple more opportunities to show his talent because I know what he can do, you know, when he keeps his car clean, he's about as good as they can get. So hopefully this will bode well for him this weekend in, in Toronto and hopefully this will uh, create more rides down the road, maybe even this upcoming season. In other news, Scott Dixon had a simulator test with the new Aero screen this past week. And according to IndyCar president Jay Fry, the test went just as we thought it would, no hiccups, no issues. Dixon mentioned that the new aero screen is very similar to the AFP, the Advanced Frontal Protection, which has been used in the past six races, and he said everything went pretty smooth. According to IndyCar.com, the completed aero screen is projected to be on track for a first official test in September at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's great to hear that the new aero screen is working out so far, and thankfully no hiccups, and... I think it'll be very interesting to see how it looks on track. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of fans, even though, you know, we're all about the safety. Definitely. We have to keep our drivers safe. But I think for a lot of fans, they're trying to get past the uh, the looks of the new Aero screen, which I think it's going to look great either way. You know, it's going to look better than Formula One's uh, Halo-looking thing. So hopefully, uh, you know, the fans, uh, they'll quiet down once they see it run in September at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And finally, uh, for some more news, Robert Wickens will be back on track this weekend in Toronto. On Monday, he confirmed on his Instagram that he will drive an Acura NSX equipped with hand controls, modified by Aero, the main sponsor for Aero Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Wickens will drive the NSX on the parade laps prior to the race on Sunday. Man, that's awesome to see Robert Wickens back in a race car. You know, even if it is hand controls that... I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't, I feel like regardless of how his rehab is going, Robert Wickens is going to get back on an IndyCar whether he's, you know, cleared or not, because I feel like even if it means, you know, we're just using the hand controls, he's going to do whatever it takes to get back in an IndyCar by 2020. 
And I would not be surprised if he, you know, if they start incorporating and he starts getting used to the hand control. So this will be interesting to see how uh, Aeroschmidt Peterson Motorsports go about it. And I feel like if any team would be prepared to to try this, uh, the hand controls, I feel like Aeroschmidt Peterson Motorsports would be their best bet. So Robert Wickens, it's awesome to see you back out there, man, and it'll be really cool to see you out there. Now it is time for winners and losers of the first half of the IndyCar season. Let's start off with winner number three and our biggest surprise of the season so far, Santino Ferrucci for Dale Coyne Racing. Going into the 2019 season, all the talk for Rookie of the Year was between Colton Herta and Felix Rosenquist, and understandably so. Nobody even had Santino Ferrucci on their radar. In four races last year, it was a steep learning curve. With the crash in his debut and three finishes of 20th or worse, success didn't come right away. However, a solid 11th place finish in the season finale at Sonoma helped Ferrucci solidify a full-time ride in 2019 with Dale Coyne Racing. A strong 9th place finish in St. Pete to begin the season kick-started his rookie season. Since then, Ferrucci has only gotten more comfortable and confident. A strong month of May in which he was able to notch two top 10 finishes in the Grand Prix of Indianapolis and the Indianapolis 500 got people in the paddock to take notice. An incredible 4th place finish in Texas propelled Ferrucci into 9th in the standings, besting his fellow rookies in points. Ferrucci is only beginning to scrap the surface, and don't be surprised if he winds up in victory lane before the end of the season. Then moving on to winner number 2, Alexander Rossi for Andretti Autosport. Outside of a lap 1 crash in the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, Rossi has finished in the top 10 for every single race up to this point. Since his anger drive in the Indianapolis 500 where he came up just short of a second 500 win, Rossi has an average finish of 2.4. His utter slaying of the competition in Road America put the entire series on notice, and it brought him within 7 points of points leader Joseph Newgarden. The second half of the season is shaping up to be a battle between the two young Americans, and don't be surprised if the battle goes all the way down to the final race in Laguna Seca. And now time for your biggest winner of the season so far. Drumroll, please. Winner number one, Joseph Newgarden for Team Penske. Newgarden has been on an absolute tear through the first half of the season, notching three wins, six podiums, and one pole. He's been ultra-consistent, and he's made it extremely hard for anyone to counterpunch in the championship standings. With an average finish of 5.2 over the first half of the season, he's been the points leader for all but one week. I'm a big stat guy, and the crazy thing I've found with Newgarden's 2019 season so far is he's won 30% of the races, and he's been on the podium for 60% of them. Needless to say, it's going to take a superb second half season for anybody to take the points lead away from Mr. Consistent, Joseph Newgarden. Uh, here we go. It's time for our losers of the season so far. Loser number three of the season so far is Tony Kanaan for AJ Foyt Racing. We all know TK is a legend of the sport, and whenever he decides to hang up his helmet, he'll go down as one of the greatest to ever do it. However, since he's joined AJ Foyt Racing, he's only been able to salvage five top tens over the last two seasons. It's been widely talked about on the show how desperately AJ Foyt Racing needs a complete overhaul. Kanan doesn't deserve to be running in the back of the pack week in and week out. His best finish this entire season so far is a 9th place finish in the Indianapolis 500. Outside of that, his average finish this season is a dismal 17.5. 
I'm not sure how many more seasons Kanan has left, but unfortunately, unless AJ Foyt Racing is able to produce better equipment soon, his IndyCar career might be cut shorter than he'd like to. And to be honest, this entire AJ Foyt Racing team has just been, it's been awful to watch. And I've harped on it and harped on it every single week of the season, it feels like. But you feel bad for Mateus Lace as well. He just, he's not getting the experience he needs out front. And it's just sad to see and you wish AJ Foyt Racing would like overhaul it as soon as possible. But obviously that's just not happening right now. And I think it'll be interesting to see when the season comes to an end who, you know, what kind of management changes there are and everything else, because unless something changes here soon, I don't know if they're going to have many loyal sponsors left in like another year or two, because the on-track performance is absolutely awful, and until that starts to get ramped up again, I don't see them being successful here in the near future. Moving on to loser number two of the IndyCar season so far, Felix Rosenquist for Chip Ganassi Racing. Rosenquist really doesn't deserve to be on this list, especially being a rookie in the series. However, with all the rumors and speculation of Ganassi going out to get Alexander Rossi to drive for him, Rosenquist has little to no room for error. He came out of the gate strong, starting third in St. Petersburg and finishing the race fourth, but overall it's been a difficult first season for the Swedish driver, who after a rough month of May where he finished a dismal 28th in the 500, in a crash for the second duel in Detroit, left Rosenquist feeling uneasy about his job security going forward past the 2019 season. The most recent race in Road America was arguably his best race of the season, where he clawed his way up to 6th from an 18th starting spot. The second half of the season will unfortunately define Rosenquist's future at Chip Ganassi Racing. As a rookie, he shouldn't be having a fear for his job, but here we are, and the way it looks now, he might be forced into an Ed Jones type situation where he simply didn't adapt quick enough for Chip Ganassi's liking. Oh boy, this is gonna hurt big time. I don't want to do this to him, but the biggest loser of the season so far is Marco Andretti. Man, you just hate it for Marco. It feels like every single season there's there's a, there's always a reason to be optimistic about an upcoming season. You know, who no, no matter who you are, but. Every single season, Marco, you know, he comes into the season fresh start, whether it's a new uh, strategist or, you know, t- new team, new crew, whatever it is, nothing seems to work. And what was the icing on the cake so far and what put him number one on this list was that absolutely garbage, absolute garbage drive in the Indianapolis 500. He started, I believe, ninth or 10th in that race. And as soon as the green flag dropped for the Indianapolis 500, he just slipped right to the back of the field and the next thing you know, within 20 to 30 laps, he's two or three laps down. I don't understand how you can be that uncompetitive in the Indianapolis 500 when you put so much time and effort into it. He had great speed the entire month of May, and then all of a sudden they just threw an absolute dud in the race where it counted. All of his Andretti Autosport teammates were up ahead, they were competitive, they were leading, whether it was Rossi or Ryan hunter Zach Veach had decent speed, but it is one of those things I don't understand how every single week every single year the past how many years marco andretti is just straight up the weak link at andretti autosport and i don't know how much longer michael andretti his father and owner can take it i mean that's a tough situation for both of them to be in marco i know he's doing all he absolutely can he's as driven as he ever has been but it's just one of those things where you need a complete overhaul a new change of scenery whether it's just another team i i don't know what 
what the solution is for Marco Andretti. And I feel for the guy. He's a great guy, great driver. But the fact that he, has, he hasn't won a race since 2011, I believe, it's just not good for the sport of IndyCar overall that Marco Andretti just simply isn't running that well every single week. Something always seems to happen. And let's go back to that Detroit race, the, the first race in, in Detroit, where Andretti, they rolled the dice when it was raining and they um they just slapped on some uh regular firestone tires and he's like you know let's i'm just gonna wheel this thing around and hope for a caution that caution did come out he had a wild drive he was able to hang onto the car under wet conditions still on those slick firestone tires but still he ended up getting hosed and then he was still ended up being like a lap down it just doesn't i don't understand how somebody can have so much so much crappy luck like marco andretti has and i hope it turns around here soon for him because I'd love to see him be competitive again. But anyway, that is our loser number one of the season so far, Marco Andretti. And now, you know what time it is. It's time for the mid-season awards in the NTT IndyCar Series. Oh yeah, I'm excited for this. I got my uh, bow tie on, my nice shoes, everything, suit jacket, all that. Yeah, not really. I'm in a James Hinchcliffe t-shirt right now. But hey, can't go wrong with that. I'm just chilling in the man cave, watching some Wayne's World too. <laughs> Don't ask me why, it just happened to be on the TV, and you're like, eh, why not? <laughs> Showing! Anyway, oh, hey Maisie. Yeah, my younger, or my older dog Maisie is over here just chilling, taking a nap. So, eh, I'll just let her alone. Let's get into the mid-season awards before I go too off-topic here. First off, let's go with the most improved driver. Drumroll, please. Simon Paginot for Team Penske. After a mediocre 2018 season where he found himself winless and with only two podiums in total the entire season, Pagano was rumored to be a potential driver to get replaced by the likes of Alexander Rossi after the 2019 season. Pagano seemed to struggle with getting a handle on the new Aero kit even at the beginning of the season. However, once the month of May rolled around, Pagano flexed his muscles, sweeping the month of Indianapolis and safely securing his ride going forward at Team Penske. Pagano finds himself third in points, only 61 points behind fellow teammate Joseph Newgarden. Once Pagano catches fire, there's absolutely nobody stopping the Frenchman. A win or two in the next couple races could easily get Simon Pagano back into the title hunt. Next up on the mid-season awards is the Iron Gonad Award. I wonder who that could go to. <laughs> I bet you guys could easily figure this out, but drumroll please. Alexander Rossi for Andretti Autosport. Yeah, this is totally not obvious, but Iron Gonad Rossi is basically the cover boy when it comes to straight ballsy moves. There's no denying Rossi is an elite driver in the paddock, but some of the moves and saves he'll make are remarkable and straight-up jaw-dropping. His anger driving the Indianapolis 500 was just one of those moments. Sticking his entire arm out of the car at 220 plus miles per hour just to show his displeasure with Oriol Servia, he was nuts. His unbelievable save at Texas in the closing laps to get around a crashing Colton Herta and Scott Dixon was just the icing on the cake. The amount of car control Rossi had to have to save that car was mind-blowing. Whenever I do awards at the end of the season, I'll be shocked if anyone can even get close to matching Alexander Rossi in this award. Moving on in the mid-season awards category is Best Race. There's a handful you could easily choose for this award. But for best race of the year, drumroll please. I'm going to go the IndyCar Grand Prix at Indianapolis. Yeah, like I said, in all honesty, there hasn't been a race that's failed to deliver excitement. You know, since I have to choose one, obviously I'm going to go with the IndyCar Grand Prix. The race had everything you could have possibly asked for. 
You wanted hard nose, close racing? Check. You wanted rain to test the driver's skills even more? Cha-ching. You wanted a couple underdogs contending for a podium? Oh yeah, it had that too. What topped the race off was an intense duel in the closing laps between Simon Pagano and Scott Dixon, with Pagano prevailing in the end, reclaiming the top spot on the podium after a disappointing 2018 season. With seven races left in the IndyCar season, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grand Prix at Indianapolis gets dethroned for best race of the season. Ah, here we go. The Mid-Season Dump Awards. Well, it'll be kind of interesting and entertaining, so here we go. Biggest disappointment. I mean, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do for a soundbite here. Biggest disappointment of the season so far, willpower. Just awkward, really. Coming off of a stellar 2018 season, which included sweeping the month of May in Indianapolis, getting his validation as an Indianapolis 500 champion, and finishing the season third in the points, power looked poised to make it another championship run for Team Penske. However, luck has not been on Power's side at all throughout the first half of the 2019 season. A drive shaft issue on pit road would erase a potential podium finish at Circuit of the Americas. What's really been the Achilles heel of the number 12 team has been the un-Penske-like pit road issues. Bad pit stops in the Indianapolis 500 and the first race in Detroit put Power out of winning contention. Lack of speed in Texas put Power mid-pack for the majority of the race and a non-factor. We all know Will Power is a world-class driver, but nothing seems to be going his way this season. Even though he's still solidly six in the points, the expectations for all Team Penske are through the roof. But to put it simple, luck isn't on Power's side through the first half of the season. If the team can get it together in the pits, there's no doubt in my mind he can get on a hot streak and vault himself back into championship contention. Ooh, here's a new one here. Biggest embarrassment of the IndyCar season so far. This is honestly a no-brainer. It's Fernando Alonso failing to qualify for the Indianapolis 500. It was such an embarrassment for not only Fernando Alonso, but more so on McLaren for giving Alonso such a garbage race car for the entire month leading up to qualifying. Even before moving to their backup car after a practice crash, they simply never had the pace of speed. McLaren came into the Indianapolis 500 so unprepared, and even after allegedly getting help from other teams around the paddock the night before the last row shootout qualifying, it still wasn't enough. Getting bumped by the little team that could in Uncos Racing and Kyle Kaiser was the nail in the coffin. Reports later came out that the vast majority of crew working on Alonso's entry came over from Formula 1 with no IndyCar background whatsoever. It was a reality check for not only Fernando Alonso, who was looking to complete the triple crown of auto racing, the Indianapolis 500, Grand Prix of Monaco, and 24 Hours of Le Mans. But a reality check to McLaren. They've been a below-average Formula 1 team for the past couple seasons, and to me, they felt they could find new life in IndyCar, thinking it would possibly be easier. Alonso failing to qualify proved to everyone in the Formula 1 world that IndyCar isn't anywhere near easy, and it demands respect. With reports of Alonso ending his partnership with McLaren this past week, it was long overdue. And hopefully Alonso can find a better partner to come to the Indianapolis 500 with going forward. My final award for the midseason dump awards is Biggest Heartbreak. This was tough for me to do, but I had to go with Alexander Rossi coming up just short in his mad dog drive in the Indianapolis 500. Since his improbable win in the 100th running to the Indianapolis 500, Rossi has had a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Indy. A handful of critics said he didn't earn that win, and they said it was only a fluke. That chip on his shoulder loomed large in this year's Indy 500, which saw Rossi arguably have the best car in the field, as well as the gutsiest performances in recent memory. 
A slow pit stop put Rossi back during the race, and it only motivated him more. I've mentioned it before, but the last driver you want to see in your mirror is a hungry Alexander Rossi. Rossi would force his way up towards the front like an absolute madman, even if it meant making a few enemies on the way. Unfortunately for Rossi, Simon Pagina was the chosen one at Indianapolis this year. However, heartbreak only gave Rossi more drive for the next goal, a championship. If he continues on his tear the rest of the season, he might just turn his heartbreak in the Indianapolis 500 into a potential career-boosting achievement. And that about does it for your mid-season awards and mid-season dump awards. We will have at the end of the season a IndyCar award ceremony then again, and I'll have a couple more awards to hand out. And uh, maybe if I'm at Mid-Ohio, I'll have to hand out, you know, if, if uh, let's say, Alexander Rossi, I could hand him, like, a poop emoji with the Behind the Catch Fence logo on it. And like, hey, you want uh, you want the biggest heartbreak on my show. There you go. That'd be kind of interesting. I feel kind of awkward, though. I know you guys have been waiting for it, but shut your fuel cell. Dumbest Twitter comments of the week will not be happening this week. You know, we just had, we wanted to keep it light, you know, have uh, the regular award ceremony, but... Trust me, next week I'm going to be searching hard for some uh, trolls on Instagram and Twitter, and maybe I'll find some interesting comments so I can rant on them. This weekend, the NTT IndyCar Series heads to the Great White North for the Honda Indy Toronto. With the championship battle beginning the heat up, points will be at a premium. Can James Hinchcliffe continue Toronto's streak of winning ways and get to the top of the podium, or will defending race winner Scott Dixon vault himself back into the title hunt? You will not want to miss it. Make sure to tune in for the race on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Before I go, make sure to follow this podcast on Twitter at Behind Catch and Instagram at Behind underscore the underscore catch underscore fence. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you later.